And we're back, City Ambassadors, the real City Ambassadors are back. Oi, today I have a special guest, I have a band, I have a group that I've been following for um, over two years now. They're hailing from San Jose, California, the 408. Uh, they have a loyal fan base and a buzz that can be easily carry them beyond their locality and into a national spotlight uh, with a strong sound reminiscent of the early U2, The Strokes, The Cure, The Killers, and Britpop, Britpop of the 90s, uh, while also you know putting together swagger of artists like Joy Division and The Doors. They maintain a pop-friendly, um, how, how does uh, Billy describe him, uh, dance rock uh, sound, which invites music lovers of all genres into the fold. And who is Billy? Who is Frank? Who is Gabe? They are strokes, everybody. Just kidding. Good trick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I how's it going? The strokes. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I just said them and they're like, oh, they're like top of mind. But um, I love y'all, honestly. Uh, thank you so much for being for Appreciate being, it. Really taking the time, you know. Um, yeah, thanks you for all having us. Yeah, no, you all have uh, really, uh, in my mind, made a mark in San Jose, but you all are quickly expanding and growing. So just quickly do it. An intro, who's everybody? Who is the Trims? Uh, I'll go first. <laughs> this is what I was worried about. We're going to start talking over each other. That's totally. great. Don't even worry about it. Right, go ahead, Billy. You go. Go ahead. Uh, my name's Billy, and I'm the drummer for the Trims. Uh, hello, everyone. Hey, my name is Frank, and I played bass for the Trims. Nice. And, uh, hey, guys. My name is Gabriel, uh, Gabe, and uh, I play uh, lead and rhythm. Uh, and sing for the trims, and uh, and missing is our uh, our other guitarist Jerry Lozano. Right, shout out to Jerry. Um, you know, we'll we'll bring him on uh, on another occasion. But you know, tell us about the trims. Tell us about kind of the 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 genesis. Uh, well, uh, the trims uh, started uh, a while ago. Actually, it was a uh, it was just me and. Uh, the very first uh, MacBook I ever bought, mm. uh, and uh, so that was the, that was the band. The original band was me and my laptop, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I just started. Uh, I had just gotten actually. I I was uh, in the SF music scene for a little while, and I had just gotten kicked out of a of a band uh, because I don't know. I guess I, I I wasn't cool enough. I didn't have that cool scenester thing going on. Uh -huh. um, so I said, you know, I'm just gonna start my own band, you know, screw it. And um, so I went out and bought myself a MacBook because I heard so much about this garage band thing that everyone was talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just started writing demos. I just started uh, writing songs. I put together about five or six songs that I thought were pretty good. And I just started uh, reaching out to friends like uh, Billy that I knew mm -hmm. were uh, also in the music scene, you know, drummer. And then uh, reaching out to more people and Frank and who's also uh, in the music scene and uh, just put a band together. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I, you know, from previous conversations, I've seen you, Billy and Gabe knew each other prior to all this, right? Yeah. 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 We, we were friends for a long That's time. Cool. Yeah. 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 We, yeah we were, we've been, we've been buddies for a long time and uh, yeah, even before music stuff, music actually uh, was the thing that kind of, uh, that kind of bonded us, uh, you know, uh, I remember the, the very first time Billy and I ever really hung out, he noticed that I had some uh, some vinyl Santana records and I had my little Fender Stratocaster. 
And he's like, hey, he's like, you play guitar? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I play guitar too. You like Santana? Yeah, I like Santana too. And that was it. <laughs> so what kind of music uh, did all three, and I'll ask everyone, like what kind of music did you all grow up listening to? And then we'll talk about how that's influenced. Oh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah. I have older cousins that when, when I was younger, they were into 80s, like modern rock. And they got me into that stuff and I was digging it. And then my my dad was a drummer, so I kinda wanted sure. to follow kind of my dad's footsteps. Cool. Um my my mother remarried when I was younger. My stepdad, he would listen to like Led Zeppelin, Boston, Rush. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of had all kinds of different influences. And then I got into like the eighties hair bands. <laughs> and, like Guns N' Roses was my yeah. that was my go-to. That so that all that influence kind of like pushed me towards the musician I am today. So I kind of use stuff that I, I listened to when I was a kid to help me today with my music. So you had a drum set at home since birth, basically. Uh, when, I, when I was little, my dad had a drum set. And okay. as I got older, I, I mean, I would just bang on everything. So I, I couldn't really have a drum set at home because I my family would just, I'd probably be homeless right now, you know? <laughs> Who knows? I, mean, I used to get in trouble for banging on the table on everything on the wall. and. So I didn't really, I had practice pads, but no full on drum set. It wasn't allowed. I hear you. I hear you. Frank, what about you? Uh, you know what? Growing up, I'm kind of everywhere too. I, lo I love anything with a, a good beat and a good rhythm, but I grew up on disco, funk, reggae. Mm. Um, a lot know, of good I bass there. Really up, yeah, I didn't really sure. grow up as like a traditional, uh, you know, Mexican on the east side. We were listening to Prince and Madonna and Bob Marley. Uh-huh. And I think that really shaped um, my musical influence because in all those genres of music, uh, the bass is kind of the lead in, in mm -hmm. those genres. Mm -hmm. The bass is the melody as opposed to the rhythm. And I think uh, subconsciously that really took to me uh, growing up as I started aspiring to music uh, that I wanted to, to play bass. And for me, it's kind of full circle because the Trim's music is a very bass-driven, bass-led uh, sound. And so um, I'm... Uh, it comes naturally to me, and it's uh, it's right in my wheelhouse, so to speak, in terms of my playing. Nice. What about you, Gabe? Uh, I I uh, I grew up. Uh, well, the whole reason why I started uh, my love affair with the guitar was because of Elvis Presley, and mm. uh, ever since I can remember, I mean, even before I remember, uh, you know, my my siblings and my my parents tell me that you know I was like, you know, running around in my diapers like uh, singing. Uh, put your head on my shoulder, right? mm -hmm. the, the, the broomstick yeah. and making yeah. it guitar, stuff like that. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, it was always there for me. So it was like Elvis. Um, I like like Little Richard. I like like the 50s, uh, the doo-wop sound a lot, too. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, when I first started playing guitar, I got really into the, the old um, boleros, the trios mm -hmm. uh, from, uh, from, you know, uh, from Mexico, like Los Panchos. Right, and stuff like that and uh and then i i and then i don't know it kind of just like just exploded into a whole bunch of different stuff i got into corridos mm -hmm. and then uh you know and then modern rock and then metal and then that was another thing that kind of bonded billy and i was our love for guns and roses he was the only nice. dude that i knew <laughs> <laughs> the, the only other chicano i knew that was like hardcore guns and roses fan you know Word. And, uh, uh, so i want to talk about that but before that um you know, I, I I did a little research. So El Maestro Valentin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. us about him. Cause, and I want to hear from you all. Like, did you have that maestro or that person that kind of, you know, 
paved the way for for some of that musical um, talent that you have. Uh, I mean, I I had music teachers in school. I I did it in like uh, junior high school. Um, for me, it wasn't so much of the like. Sometimes I would just like load the teacher. Like he doesn't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I would just follow like my idol drummer, or uh -huh. you know, I'd find this song that I like where the drums were just phenomenal. Who so was I or who were your idol drummers? Oh man, I've I've got tons of them. It's like certain songs, certain genres. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a big Rush fan. I like uh, you know, the Professor, Neil Kurt. Yeah, Animal from the Muppets was like the first drummer that I was exposed to. <laughs> uh, uh. So it's just, a, I mean, a whole bunch of different drummers. I, I kind of like find stuff that I like that other drummers do, and I kind of mm. use it on my own, but kind of tweak it to, you know, so kind of make, right make it mine. That's the man oh, right there. That's the man. Okay, thanks, man. Like, yeah. I, I don't know the names of, of the actual He's artists. got this giant drum set. I don't even know how he gets in Whoa. there. It's like he's got to be lowered in or something. <laughs> Holy shit! He looks like an octopus. Uh, he's he's phenomenal. Uh, just okay, recently passed too, so oh, you know he will be missed definitely. What about you, Frank? Uh, let's see here. I didn't really. I didn't start playing. At least what I'm gonna call playing at 19. Uh, until I was 19, I had a buddy that played guitar, and uh, he was a roommate of mine. And we would smoke a lot of weed, drink a lot of beer, listen to music, and. Yeah. Just like, hey, you should, you should uh, like get a bass or something. And so I was like, yeah, I should. And so I found the cheapest one I could get on Amazon. Uh, I still have it. It was like a ninety dollar. I think it's called a Titan. And I've never seen anything like it before. It's like the <laughs> thickest neck you've ever seen. The strings were like three inches from the fretboard. Oh man, it was it was it was crap. And so uh, yeah, we kind of started jamming. So my musical knowledge comes really from learning other songs. Um, mm. And just the more songs I learned, and as I started doing bands, I started, you know, as most musicians do, um, I don't want to say stealing things, but, you know, I was influenced greatly by uh, a lot right. of my favorite right. bass players. And I remember, um, you know, I was really, I was a real big fan of the 2000s New York rocks, uh, garage rock scene uh, mm. with like Interpol, The Strokes, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, and Carlos Dangler uh, was the original bassist for Interpol. And some of the things he was doing on the first two albums uh, really kind of blew my mind and inspired me to gravitate toward, yeah, I'm going to start playing bass and learning those bass lines. Um, I also love uh, Dan Adriano from uh, uh, Alkaline Trio, Joe Principe from Rise Against. These guys are just, you know, during songs, they're just everywhere on the, on the, uh, on the fretboard. So they do, uh, they're both the rhythm, they're both the melody and, um, a lot of my uh, influence comes from uh, those three bass players. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. And uh, is there a song in particular that you're like, man, I want to hit those bass notes at one point? You know, the oh man, when I first started playing, the one song I always wanted to learn and I thought was going to be impossible for me because I thought it was just super hard, but now I can uh -huh. play it. And it's uh, one of my favorite bass lines is uh, Boogie Oogie Oogie by Taste of Honey. Uh, it's a 70s <laughs> uh, disco line. Uh, a lot of oh yeah of course yeah it's a classic and uh man that's just kind of like that's like the ultimate baseline for me and uh you know it's simple it's effective it's fun and uh it's catchy and man, it makes me want to dance every time i hear it what's uh <laughs> what's complex about the you know 
as you try to refine that base uh, part, like what 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 was complicated about it, and what did yep. you want to achieve with it? Oh, you know, my the first song I ever learned was Reptilia by The Strokes, and like, mm. nice. mm. the, two, like nice. the verse is just two notes. It's just yeah. two notes, and I was like, oh, <laughs> playing bass is easy. And then as I like started wanting to, <laughs> as I started wanting to learn some of the songs uh, that I really like. You know, like the octave patterns and just like the timing, the syncopation. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be, I'm never going to learn this. And uh, you, know, and you carry, you know, you have a lot on your shoulder. That that bass has to be solid, right? And it's got to just kind of hold down the whole band. You know, yeah, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. You well, know as a drummer, really. as a drummer, sometimes uh, most people don't understand. I, I keep the time and I keep the beat, but mm -hmm. I'm really following the bass player. You know, mm -hmm. the bass player changes and I'm right there next to him. And, and Frank and I, man, we lock up really well. Yeah, every, every time he says like, you're following me, I was following you. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta follow each other. I just wanna show real quick, you know, folks out there. Cause you know, you have folks that only listen to hip hop, maybe just some Spanish music, but I want everyone to kind of be exposed to everything. And Gabe, like what were you exposed to? And what was that? You're like, I wanna hit that, that note. Uh, for me, it was a, uh, as a as a as a senior friend of mine. It was uh, Steve Perry of Journey. Mm. Uh, so I always liked the way that he hit those really high. Oh, that's, that's a that's yeah. a tough one. And he, but he never he never broke into falsetto. You know, he Ooh. kept in regular voice. And I was like, how does this guy do it? And so that's what I aimed for on the high end. And then on the low baritone end, I uh, always liked uh, the sound of Jim Morrison from oh, the Doors. Of course. Of course. Um, and you know the doors being my favorite band of all time hands down across the board so it was like the way i tried to model my singing style was a mix between morrison and perry of course wow interesting and, and, uh, and like frank you know i i never fronted a band before this one you know and so like frank i uh, was like well how am i going to do this whole singing thing you know uh so i started trying to like uh you know get the sound of other like those two singers and be like hey like if i can if I can kind of mimic that sound, eventually I'll find my own uh, sound within those two lanes, you know? So by yeah. listening to other people seeing, I kind of figured out, okay, this is where I feel comfortable. This is where I feel confident. Yeah. Um, I want to jump straight into the trims, um, the logo. Uh, it's had some modifications, right? I, I saw from your website and I remember seeing it prior. Um, it had a, a different flair to to the to the words and uh what made it is this this is now the official trims logo uh, right. that kind of it's a kind of. that's the we've actually modified it one more time after this to make it a little bit more uh streamlined like a little bit it's a little bit uh there's some uneven parts in this logo design and we had a professional um graphic you know graphic artists like fix all that and make it like super cool which unfortunately uh, i'm looking around i don't think i have anything <laughs> what about the background it's it's very, <laughs> it's very yeah that's the same old one uh that's this this exact one but uh but the 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 really solid one that we have um was done by a, a good friend of ours who uh has his own shop uh in in uh, san francisco mm. uh called the eye and hand society um and then there's a different there's a different version we have that's more like uh, like handwriting. Mm -hmm. I, don't know. I saw that, yeah. 
the T kind of was like a J, and a lot of people. Yeah, that was our early, early ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, you know, uh, it was it was a great logo, uh, and that was done for us by a buddy of ours named Glenn Cardenas. Oh, there you go. The the one on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one on the Julian Street album. um, Is the polished one. That's yeah. That's 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 the one. As you can see, there it looks a lot cleaner, a lot sharper. Yeah, when Eric pointed out the flaws we had, we we had no idea. And you know, our <laughs> professional looks at it, it was like, check this out, and we're like, man, we gotta like, get this like, cleaned like, up. This, this line is crooked. This line is like this, and and then when he made it look like that, we're like, wow. And again, wow. <laughs> shout out to Eric Lindsay of the Iron Hands. Yes, sir. Shout Good job. Out. Um. Well, let let's backtrack a little bit. The name. How to come about, and two, then the logo too. I mean, yes, you've had some modifications, but for the most part, you know, there, there's there's consistency there. So let's talk about the name. The trims uh, was something that I had I had thought of, uh, like again, when it was just when I, it was just me and my laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, at the at that time, um, there were a lot of bands uh, that were. Uh, it was mostly the way I the way I uh, viewed it was uh, that even the bands that I was in were trying to impress other bands instead of instead of trying to capture the, the audience member, right? And what I mean by that is like a bunch of gearheads, no no offense to any of the gearheads out there, but like- What, is that, what does that mean? I don't know. I'm not- A gearhead is like someone who's more like a musician that like wants to have like the dopest, like the dopest gear, like pedals and amps and like has a whole, has their setup is gigantic, right? They have like Got 50, it. 50 pedals, you know, all of these different uh, trinkets and stuff all around. Um, and then the music kind of reflected that, right? It was like six, seven minute songs, guitar solos that were just off mm-hmm. the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, no real hooks. And I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the Beatles also. So I like really hooky music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. So when I was like, I'm going to start this little project, I'm going to trim out all of that stuff. I'm going to just mm-hmm. cut all of that stuff out and just get, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the, the KISS acronym, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Right, so, right, right. Pendejos. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was, that was where the name came from. I, right. I kept saying, I kept saying, like, I'm going to trim this out. I'm going to trim that out. And I mm. thought, oh, man, what about the trims? That would be a pretty cool name. Again, going back to the bands of the 60s, like the Zombies, the Doors, the Beatles. I just wanted to be in a band that had a the in front of the band name. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, perfect, the trims, let's let's go with that. And it and it, it stuck, you know? Nice, nice. And the logo, how did that come to be? Or how did you, why did you imagine? Again, our- I think uh, we kind of, we were looking for like a, like an old classic nameplate, like a car nameplate, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. at one time. Yeah. And this kind of evolved into that, which I, I think is pretty cool. I mean, if I had a nameplate, I'd slap it on my car. <laughs> yeah, like like our, our the, the other logo that had like kind of like the handwriting look, we loved it very much. Mm-hmm. But people kept calling us the the Drims because like you know because they kept thinking it was a J you know and a lot of people mm. don't really pay attention to like handwriting I guess anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. I still learn how to write it. Okay. And so yeah, and so then when we decided we needed to kind of make the T look more like a T, that's when one our other buddy like kind of gave us a, a whole bunch of things to choose from, and we found the one that looked like a like Billy said like a classic car emblem, and uh, we went with that. Nice, nice. And uh, Frank, I know you're newer to the band because I know Billy and Gabe, you all have been at it. Uh, how did you hear of uh, the trims? Oh, 
I mean, <laughs> as a San Jose musician, who doesn't know the the trims? I think I first crossed paths with uh, Gabe and Billy, man, circa 2010 or circa 2011. Uh, Something like that. Yeah. yeah I, joined, <laughs> I, was on, I went on Craigslist and I found this band looking for a, a bass player. Uh, we eventually became a band called Them Rude Boys. We're like a ska punk reggae mm. outfit. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I think our first show, I, we played a couple of shows with the Trims. Uh, we played BFD together uh, out at Shoreline. And um, I was a huge fanboy of the trims. And I, I told Billy and gave this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, growing up in San Jose and as a musician, you know, I've been in two different bands and no, talking to other a lot of bands in San Jose. The trims are kind of, you know, setting, you know, a lot of milestones of what San Jose bands could be. So uh, I personally, among some other peers, aspire to be like them in terms of the presentation, uh, their brand, their music, how they carry themselves um you know they're kind of like the pinnacle of what you want to sound you want to achieve and to be and uh i think i told uh gay this i was always trying to figure out how to weasel my way into the band <laughs> I, was always, I was always keeping track like you know who's playing bass now you know uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, it's called uh, the wind of opportunity man yeah <laughs> right. so, it was crazy and uh you know a, a couple years ago i joined i started a new project and the timing was just perfect uh, as that project was kind of um, fizzling out uh, an opportunity to uh, play bass, uh, the trim staff. We actually played a show together at the Ritz uh, last year uh, to uh, a lot of fandom and success. And um, I remember Gabe texted me one night. I think it was like at two in the morning. He was like, hey, you up? And I was like, what, what is this text message? And I was like, yeah. and, uh, yeah. I need a ride. Heck yeah, I want to be in the band. And it was funny nice. until I gave this story. And he goes, dude, if you wanted to be in the band, you should just ask. And I was like, oh my God. It goes 10 years. I can't get back. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to pull up this photo. I, I, so I was talking to Billy before we went live. Um, and he answered my question, but I wanted, I don't know if you all listen to Nartward. He, he does all these interviews and he tries yep. to like bring up some like cool little fun facts, but whatever. Billy, you answered my question. So. San Jose High. That yeah. is connected to your most recent album. How? Well, San Jose High is on Julian Street, and Gabriel actually grew up on Julian Street, which is a few blocks from San Jose High. And uh, I used to walk to school, so I'd walk to school every day, pass by Gabe's house, we'd hang out at school, and then we'd walk home together. And uh, that's kind of, kind of like where Gabriel and I met was at San Jose High on Julian Street. Nice. And Frank, did you go to San Jose High? Uh, no, I went to uh, Silver Creek High School. That's also in San Jose? Oh, yeah, on the east side. Nice. That one right there. Cool, 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 cool. Frank School. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to this, um, oh, I just put market. You know, I looked up Julian Street, and I only see about, if I go down Julian, I only see, like, about two or three streets that have the light bulb. Like, is there something particular about, like, the cross streets there? Because I think it's, like, Second Street or First. Or is it about, related to downtown San Jose? Uh, the uh, the title? Or- no, yeah, well, Julian Street and also this light bulb. 
That uh, well, I mean, the, the light pole we uh, we just thought it looked cool. We saw it so down on um, Julian Street. I guess like now they just they just built like all those new apartments down there. Uh, it's like right next to the San Pedro Street Market where all that all that construction was. They just built a whole bunch of new um, living units, um, but it that wasn't there yet at the time. It was just like all gated off and flat dirt. Mm. But they had yeah, it was an empty lot with a street sign. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and they had these lampposts. I don't know, like they're supposed to be like you know, like they're like yeah. really cool looking lampposts, and so we're like, oh man, that would be perfect because I was over here on um, like on uh, I don't know if you know you're familiar with uh, the area on Julian Street, like 25th and Julian, where like the Bonfair Market is, like these like crummy ass yeah. <laughs> signs are like all in and like you know, but I kind of was like, man, I want it to be authentic, you know, like this is gonna look really cool, it's like. This uh -huh. is, like Julian Street, Julian Street that I know growing up. But then we saw that and we're like, nah, that's way better. It looks like a lot nicer. <laughs> that. so like that's just gonna, we took a photograph of the of the streets of the of the light the light post with the street sign on it. And then I took um I took photographs of each um, instrument individually and then we sent it over. I sent all that stuff over to um to our graphic designer, um, Eric Lindsay of the Eye and Hand uh, Society. And then he made it all, he put it all together and made it look like that. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's clean, it's fresh. Let's talk about some performances, some venues. Tell me about Bottle Rock. Uh, talk to me about your experience performing there and what it meant for you all as a, as a band, as a brand, as a group. Phew, that was awesome. I mean, we, we felt like we're accomplished musicians there. I mean, we show up, we've got people carrying our gear, golf carts taking things everywhere. I mean, it was uh -huh. awesome. We had a really good time. I mean, hands down, it was like probably one of the best shows for me. I mean, it was from the time we got there to the time we left, it was just fun the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, maybe even before this, I have a question. What, at what point did you all feel like, okay, this is going places. Like we feel that the trim is finally growing outside of our immediate circle. Was it like MTV, the real world, or was it something prior to that? And we, we can probably even talk about that, how you all end up in the real world, SF. Um, for me, uh, I just have this really weird um, way of viewing my, the self-perception of where if it's, if it's happening to me, then it's really not a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, like I've never, I've always felt like every show that we've ever played, I, I'm, I get in these really weird moods, um, like because I, I feel like no one's gonna show up. I would have this ter like this terrified feeling that nobody's gonna come, right? And so uh, even like when we were at Bottle Rock, it just like uh, I still had that weird feeling like, oh man, like they're gonna hate us. <laughs> like it's really self-deprecating. You need more, bro. Yeah, and it's kind of sucky, man. Because like, I wish I would have, I, I wish I would have enjoyed that bottle rock experience more than I did. Because I was always kind of just like, not paranoid, but just kind of just, I always just feel kind of out of place, and I felt out of place there. Like, we're the only thing I, I could say that was really pretty badass was when we were um, in the artist section, where you know you, you, the food spread is, and like you know, like Robert Plant is sitting like three tables away from me, you know, and that was a moment where I was like. Hmm, maybe I kind of okay. Maybe this is kind of special. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> anyway, I look to my left and like Young the Giant and Portugal the Man are having lunch right there, and I'm like, right, I'm sitting backstage with these people. Uh, you know, like um, Scott Weiland is like yeah. three trailers away from us. You know, it's like, all right, well, something special is happening here. You know, 
So for me, that was kind of like where I, I kind of lost a little bit of that feeling of like, ah, it's, it's just us, like no one gives a shit, who cares, right? This is dumb. Mm -hmm. um, at that moment, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is kind of uh, something special. <laughs> you feel like that was a turning point for you? So then 2015? Yeah, that uh, it was it was kind of a turning point for me. Yeah, uh, mm. I could I would say that. And then you know, and then ever after that moment was when I, I kind of was uh, started being a little kinder to myself in that sense, right? Like saying, okay, like enjoy enjoy yourself. You don't have to, you know, it, you don't have to work so hard to make it perfect. Enjoy yourself a little bit. So I think nice. it was after that moment. Got it. What about you, Billy? Um, I I don't know. I I kind of feel like everything we've done the first time of everything is kind of a notch under our belt, like mm -hmm. getting together and playing our first show. Like, Oh, we were all nervous. It was horrible. Everything that went wrong, went wrong at the worst time. Uh -huh. It was awful, but it was over with. And we're like, man, that was fun. Let's try it again. You know, we drop our first album and we're like, this is it. You know, it's like accomplishment, notch under our belt. And then we we won the Your Shot to Rock with uh, Live 105, the Cabo Wabo stuff. Oh, that nice. was like a notch under our belt. It was awesome. When was that? Oh, man. So let's, I think it was like the first time we got to play um, BFD at uh, Shoreline was mm. because of uh, Your Shot to Rock. And it was this crazy, crazy contest that we got in. It was like 250 bands, and we won. Holy and shit. That was awesome. Cool. So after that happened, we're like, oh, yeah, we're feeling good about ourselves. You know, and it's just like more momentum for us to just keep going and keep going. Hmm. But yeah, it keeps us going. Mm -hmm. And Frank, you've been following along, right? You've been following their trajectory and, and now you're part of it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I tell the guys all the time, man, it's, uh, as a San Jose musician and as a bass player, it's like a dream come true for me to uh, be able to play with these guys. I always, anytime I join a new project, I always look at, you know, how am I going to push myself to be better uh, as a musician? Um, and being in this band has helped me tremendously. Gabe and both Billy have, you know, mentored me when it comes to writing songs, playing shows. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I've been playing for a while, there's always so much to learn. And uh, just like Billy said, these guys got a bunch of notches that I'm trying to get on my belt as well. Mm. You know, I'm I'm used to in Latin America, rock and espanol, right? There are the yeah. Jaguares, you know, the Manas, but I've never seen anything like you all the fuck how did it happen you know like is it something that 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 i don't know that's people look at and like well this is kind of outside of our realm like seeing four chicanos playing this type of music does that ever come up oh yeah big time. oh yeah 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 i think i think that that might have been something that maybe kind of helped set us uh, aside was that we were you know four chicanos playing you know 80s, you know, Brit pop, modern rock sounding stuff. You know, uh, I think that maybe that that kind of like moved us over from being like either like a lot of Chicano bands will play like uh, you know like Hulk in Español, mm -hmm. be like or they'll be tribute bands or they'll be like hardcore metal bands. Yeah. Right. And so we kind of just came out and just doing this thing, and it wasn't like we were trying to do anything. It's all been very organic. It's just we just all love this kind of music, and uh. And we just decided, yeah, let's just play it. What the hell? And luckily, people people were digging it. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds great. And I mean, I just saw the music for like for the most part, but I was like, yo, this is kind of dope. It's kind of rad, you know. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. How, how does it feel to like now? I'm gonna bring this photo up. Let me get this real quick. Kind of scared. No, no yeah. worries. <laughs> Nothing scary. Oh. But, 
tell us about hearing your music at the San Jose Sharks. I'm a big Sharks fan myself, and I, oh, I used yeah. to be season ticket holder, and I would go to the games all the time. And I was always thinking, man, wouldn't that be cool to hear my music playing up in this in the stadium? And man, it it happened, and we're super super thankful for Chris. Uh, he's the in-house DJ, Chris Ganjai, and uh, he's he's always spinning us and, and giving us a lot of props. And I think we're super stoked and super appreciative that they're playing our stuff there. It's awesome. When did when did that start? When when did your music begin to play at the stadium? Oh man, I want to say I, it was the uh, maybe 2018. That's not right, Billy. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, probably about 2018. A couple years ago, it, it was playing there, and I mean, I I was sitting there at the game one time right before it was about to start and I hear my music playing I'm like what the heck I get on my phone I start recording it I send it out to the guys and stuff it's awesome I love it I love it I can only imagine what that feels like you know yeah it's a great feeling um yeah. I also want to talk about some of the music I mean what I think the first song that I was exposed to was around the sun um I just kind of want to dissect it a little bit maybe Gabe you can help me you wrote it or with Billy like the the, the, the lyrics the lyric, yeah, the lyrics I wrote, uh, the uh, the music, it was like a band, uh, like a jam session. Um, but yeah, I, I wrote I wrote those lyrics down. You know, usually like we'll we'll be jamming the sound out as a band, and as we're doing that, I'll start mumbling certain things, uh, or just making, or even just like humming uh, what I feel would be a good vocal melody. Mm -hmm. um, and then once we have like a solid demo down, then I'll. I'll go home and I'll just like write. I'll just try to write a verse, write a line, anything, and um, and yeah, and that's the, the process as far as the lyrics. Go. Mm. Hold up, um, Frank, do you buy or I think Billy, do you have headphones? Just because I can hear right now, Gabe's. Um, I think when someone speaks, there's like a little echo. Is it me? No, it's not you. I think it might be Frank if he had some headphones. Because I know Billy, you you have your headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. So just real quick, because, um, you know, like I listened to that song and, you know, you're like the songs like you're looking for hope, like in the midst of despair. That's how I'm interpreting. But, yeah. um, you know, but, you know, the sun to me, like represents like this freedom, truth and like hope. You know, I, I don't know. What kind of feelings were you thinking when you you were putting together the song or did the beat influence the lyrics or vice versa or what came first? Taking it to the egg question. Uh, it's really difficult. The the music the music doesn't inspire the lyrics that come out. Uh, what I, what I use the music for is just okay. Where am I gonna Where am I gonna put these words? How mm -hmm. What words do I have to take out? How many syllables can I use here? Um, but uh, there's this there's this funny thing with uh, our music that our our songs. The the music is very up tempo and very dancey mm -hmm. as. It, you know, like dance rock type of thing right very positive energy right but the right. lyrics the lyrics are always depressing as, as hell right they're always a bummer and um, yeah very smith like very morrissey you know and the funny thing funny thing you mentioned that so uh the other weird thing about us is or i guess about me i don't know i, I don't think billy either we i never really cared for the smiths i was never like really? i never I was never into them. I knew I knew a little bit of them from like you know other people around us. Uh huh. I, mean, I may have known one or two songs, you know, but I didn't. You know how especially you know Rasa, 
Like mm-hmm. there's, there's this love affair with Morrissey, right? Yeah. It's, it's like he's like a ranchero. He sings all it's, the crazy yeah, ballads. It, it's crazy. He's he gets like Latin Grammys and stuff like that, you know, like Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and no, nothing against. I mean, the music's no. hell, right. you know, like it wasn't until people started saying or people started assuming that I was a hardcore Morrissey fan. And I was like, why? Like what? And so you know, so a friend of mine who's hardcore uh, started making me some CDs, and I started listening to it. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like nobody, the song "Nobody Else" has like Johnny Marr playing the guitar. It feels like for a little bit. You know, that's just me, and, and I'm a Smiths head. You know? That's the other thing. The, the other thing, Johnny Marr. Like people would always say, "Oh yeah, Johnny Marr," and I was like, "You know, who's this? Who's this Johnny Marr?" Was like keeps bringing up to me, right? Like who? Right. And then um, I did a photo shoot once. Where uh, like I've had different hairstyles over over the years, and uh, so I had kind of like a very Johnny Marr esque like bowl cut, and I, so I did this little photo shoot with my hair like that. I'm wearing shades and a blazer. It's in black and white, and I'm leaning up against the wall with my hollow body guitar. Uh huh. And everyone was like that, you know, like friends. I shouldn't say everyone, just like friends that were like that liked it. You know, they saw. They're like, oh man, that's like like a really dope homage in this net. Homage to what? You know. So then I started showing pictures of Johnny Marr. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yeah, no, because when I see the description on the bio and I see The Cure, I'm like, these guys are not the Smiths. What's up, bro? <laughs> not just, right? <laughs> not your choice, but, you know, it's just a little thing. It could be because yeah, so I'm Mexican and, you know, we all listen to the Smiths or something. But Yeah, so I started, I started to check out the Smiths. I started to check out Morrissey and stuff. And then uh, I did find one song that uh, – and I – you know, like the 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 hardcore Smiths fans um, were that that are friends of mine were unhappy that this was my favorite song because I guess it's like a popular song and you know like the whole hipster thing like you have to know the deep cuts to be a real fan right so it okay. it was heaven knows I'm miserable now love that yeah first first time I heard that song I'm yeah. like oh, okay. <laughs> now I can I can start digging these dudes but yeah for the longest time had no idea who they were and everyone thought that we were naturally like you know hardcore Smiths fans because of the lyrics mm-hmm. you know. And, and the, the guitar sounds and stuff like that. Really mm-hmm. weird coincidence, I swear. It's just a coincidence. Well, that's good. I'm, that's kind of cool. Billy, um, from, uh, let's talk about the the, trim, the Julian Street album. What's your song there? Like, what's the song that you're like, oh, I can't wait to start playing this because, you know, it's um, the drumming. I, I like Nobody Else. And I think Nobody Else is kind of a different vibing song yeah, for me. You know, it's like, song. I like playing it. It's fun to play. Um, I, I don't know, it's just, it grooves different with me. So I, I, that's my favorite one on there. That one and probably Balam. Balam in Love is a good mm. one. I like the synth and stuff on it mm. and the vocals are cool. Yeah, no, the second there, yeah, nobody else is definitely, what about you, Frank? Um, my favorite song is uh, Bedroom Mirror. Yeah, it's just, uh, the bass line <laughs> is just, it's a lot of fun to play. Uh, Billy wrote that bass line. Uh, I think for me, it's one of their best bass lines in their uh, catalog. Uh, cool. It's just a lot of fun to play, a lot of energy. Uh, it's more of a heavier rock song, so I, I get to really kind of uh, cut loose when I play it live. What does Balam mean? I don't even know. What, what does that mean? <laughs> Balam uh, is, a, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a um, Mayan um, emperor. Oh. Um, so what, what's the story behind that? It was just a cool title that I liked. Yeah, the, the song isn't about the Mayans or anything. Like that. <laughs> no, I know. I've, I've heard the whole album. That's why I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, but a funny, 
funny story though about uh this is one of my favorite stories to tell uh like band drama uh mm-hmm. about ben Ramir. so when we're uh when we were writing julian street right i was uh i was predominantly writing the majority of everything mm. and uh we were kind of going through a band transition at that time band, you know band members and uh right. i remember telling billy we're at practice and it you know being that it was a transition of members it was really tense the energy like there was there was a lot of really thick you know kind of negative energy in the room a lot of the times when we're, when we're practicing and um you know i remember telling billy man you know we need to start you guys need to start writing some more some more of the music because i feel like it's all going to start sounding the same if i just keep doing this mm. and billy was like I don't know, like, I don't, I don't, you know, like, I don't want to this and that. And, and then we, we, like, it just kept escalating. You know, we were drinking too, right? And it's already a tense. So, like, neither one of us was backing down. It just kept escalating because <laughs> it turned into this screaming match and we're just screaming at each other. And then uh-huh. you know, Billy storms out of the studio, slams the door, and then storms back in and, you know, something else and blah, blah. And, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, like, I, you know, like, he, just, he says something to the effect of, like, I can't write the way you can write and, and all this stuff. So then it turned into this argument where I'm, I'm yelling at him, like we're fighting. I'm saying, dude, you're a great writer. So it's like, I'm, compl- I'm comp- complimenting him, but like yeah. angry. Right, like, right. And then so, <laughs> so then he's like, fine, fine. You get your way, fine. And he slams the door and he takes off. So then he comes back with bedroom air. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then so he <laughs> He comes back with the, the drums and the bass line, the, the entire rhythm section of the song from beginning to to the end. And I listen to it and I'm just like, see? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Billy, then what was it like for you to like write this song thinking like, fuck game, I'm going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was so much stuff going on and I, I just like, I just, Usually when I when I write stuff, I, I get at home and I'll put on my um, uh, my headphones and I got my my comfortable socks on. You know, I'm hanging out. I, I start getting into it, like kind of preparing myself for it. But this time was completely different. Like I just got in there, I started playing something. I really liked it. I kind of like recorded that part, saved it, and kind of built off of that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had like an arrangement of parts where I was like, okay, now it's time to like build it. Okay, I've got these parts here. And how I'm gonna do my verse chorus, you know, my bridge and this. So I kind of like Frankenstein the parts together, and then mm. I sent it out with like some shitty guitar lead on there. And I, I don't even know what I was thinking of when I listened back to it. And I sent it to Gabe, and Gabe replies back. He's like, "See, that that's it right there. Like we could totally do something with this. I really like this part here." And then we uh-huh. go into the studio and start practicing it out. And um, he's already got like this guitar lead to it that was perfect. And so it's like the song was written. I think it took me like maybe three or four hours to build it. And then I think by like two practices, we had a song, like complete song, which was wow, was kind of rewarding a little bit. So I kind of got what Gabriel meant about it, but I don't know, we just kind of butted heads about it. And we, we, we all, we all have a, a path to go down and it might be a different path, but we all meet at the end at the same spot. So I just didn't want to follow Gabe's path, I guess. I don't know. We've been friends for so long that we're uh-huh. like family. So, you know, we we fight and we talk shit to each other and we're about to knock each other's teeth out and then we hug it out, you know? It's just like family. So, so I was going to say, it was just one of the weirdest 
argument slash fight screaming matches I've ever been in because it's like, you know, you're complimenting someone, but you guys are fighting. fighting over constructive <laughs> criticism. <laughs> <laughs> and booze. Uh, yeah. well, I want to ask. So I heard from Billy, he has to wear his com- comfortable socks. He's got to be in the zone. <laughs> What's it like for you, Gabe, to, to write lyrics? Do you have, is there a, do you have to be in a certain zone or are you uh, just keeping around and thinking about lyrics? It's weird. It's like, sometimes when I try to remember like how, uh, what the song is done, like, I don't even really remember the process, you know, and it's, it kind of sucks because it's like, man, like how I listen back and I'm like, how did I come up with that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what does happen though is, uh, all of the, and I think this is pretty common. I've heard this from a lot of, uh, you know, creative types that the, uh, the ideas just start popping in mm-hmm. a, at the most inopportune moments. Like when you have no, no, nowhere to write them down or no way to, to record them down, remember them. Um, and really, really late at night in the wee hours of the night, like two, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. for me, alcohol has always been a very, very, uh, big part of getting the juices flowing. You know, I have a couple of drinks, you know, if I, sometimes I'll go to a certain environment where like, it'll get the juices flowing but um yeah no i don't i don't really have the uh it's very random it's almost kind of like um uh san carlos santana uh described it pretty well in the interview i saw where he said like uh you know there's all these ideas are just falling from the ether and like mm. you just try to grab them as much as you can you know mm. you have really no real uh no control over it and you don't have no control over which ones you can grab which is going to pass right by you and that, that's pretty accurate because uh, I can't really like, you know, pinpoint or nail it down to like, okay, I do this, you know, I do that. And then boom, it happens. It's kind of like, uh, I just, I just try to, when I feel it coming on, I just try to hold on to it as long as I can and then get what I can from it before it just vanishes, you know? So you say spirits play a, a big role. It, it, does it depend on the type? Are you, what, what, are you, are you a bourbon kind of? lyricist are you a tequila does it matter uh, which one <laughs> you know it's funny, i'm i'm a when it comes to like the spirits i'm a, a liquor uh i'm sorry a, a vodka and whiskey kind of guy but nice. you know those are it's too the, those are too strong you know if, if i start drinking on sipping on that uh it's too much and i i don't write anything it's usually beer a couple of beers will get me like right where i need to be you know what about you billy uh performing what's what's your choice of spirit or even just kind of I, i'm a vodka out. drinker I, I i drink vodka um beers i i used to drink a lot of beer and now I'm, i cut back a lot on it and just you know a couple of vodkas here and there and i'm set nice and it loosens me up a little and not too much what about you frank Oh, I like to stay hydrated h2o is good for me <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a little fair. vodka <laughs> I like, uh, IPAs, IPAs, I just, yeah, IPAs is probably my favorite beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> you call <laughs> Frank the Square. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's an L7 weenie. <laughs> uh, you know, he would probably keep the, the, the band going. Uh, 2019 South by Southwest. Tell me about that experience. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was a fun one as well. Uh, <laughs> Billy and Jerry almost missed the flight. What? And, and you know what? what happened? We always have all these weird things happen to us, man. Like, I have this weird, like, 
I'm, I'm a nervous flyer. I have to get pretty hammered because I, you know, I don't really like being up in the airplanes. And uh, right before South by Southwest, I don't know if you remember when the the Boeing, Boeing, all their planes, they had those two big plane crashes, <laughs> and then it was that the air, it was the air the Air Max, I think, right? That, that type of plane yeah. that was having all these issues, and like it was literally like a week before. Uh, before our flight out, and I was like, "Oh man!" And I remember I called Billy. I'm like, "Dude, like, it was like two days before we're gonna fly." And I'm like, "I don't know what kind of plane we're gonna be on. Uh, I think I can drive, dude." And he's like, "Well, I'll, I'll see you there." And then he's like, "You better leave right now." <laughs> and I, I seriously considered driving. And then like, uh, it was the morning of our flight was when the they grounded all those types of planes. But I was like, I was on my way to the airport, just sweating. Just sweating. And I'm like, why am I the whole time? I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Uh-huh. And then so we get there, and uh, then you know, Billy and Jerry almost missed the flight, and I'll let Billy tell that story. <laughs> I was. It's 87, man. The traffic on 87 is bad, and Jerry lives way out there off 87, uh-huh. so I blame it on that. <laughs> so we we ended up getting to the to the airport with like 20 minutes till the the plane was gonna take off, and mm-hmm. I still had to get through checking my bags and everything. And we, we got to the, to the, um, the runway that the gate we were supposed to be at and they won't let us on. And they said, it's already the door shut. They're ready to take off. And I pleaded to them and I, I had, I had gear in my hands and I ended up telling them, look, we're half my bands on the plane. We're playing in in Austin tomorrow and Mm -hmm. I need to be on this flight. And he said, you know what, go ahead. So we, we end up running down the the hallway, get on the plane. We sit in our seat, and everyone in the plane is like just motherfucking us because we were just the last ones on. And we get on the plane, and we're drenched because we had to run like a mile to get yeah. to the plane. Yeah. And it was terrible. And I look, and I see Gabriel over there, and he's like shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's already sweating balls, and then you know. so for sure wait um but had y'all been there just to check out the scene prior to that performance in 2019 or was that your first time in austin being involved we played we played there a few times actually oh yeah okay the first time we were there we met uh daryl from the walking dead yeah just walking down the street (laughs) (laughs) cool 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 Um, yeah it's a good time out there it's a really good time yeah i gotta go i gotta go Tell me about this photo real quick. Uh, <laughs> was that the first time meeting a Senor Chewy Gomez? Because all roads yeah. lead to Chewy in the Bay, apparently. I've been interviewing like two, three other people, and everyone mentions and references Chewy. So I got to bring him up. Yeah, yeah, he's a man. Yeah, he's a super cool dude, man. It's super cool. I remember I was, uh, we had just shot a music video, and uh, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, like, let me send this out to people. And, uh, I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna try to get us on CMC. I was, you know, growing up, I was always a fan of the California Music Channel. Right. And uh, so I just I went on their website and I sent an email, and the show's producer got back to me like within the hour and was like, "Oh uh, yeah, you know, here's this, uh, you know, fill out this disclaimer, th- whatever thing, you know, and then send us send it back to us with the file." Mm-hmm. So I sent it back, and she really liked it. Like she liked it a lot. She's like, man, it's like started looking into us, went to our website. It's like, oh, you guys are from San Jose, and wow, you guys have done all these cool things. She's like, hey, uh, Chewy really likes it too. Uh, do you want to uh, co-host 
uh, <laughs> with him, and I was like, like you know, I, I just emailed him like this shot in the dark, like you know, never expecting anything. Uh -huh. Now, like they're offering me to co-host the show, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like uh, 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 you know, like I don't know, I, I'm not a host. Right next to Chewy Gomez too. Yeah, the so, legend. So I just said, I just said, well, you know, I don't know anything about hosting the show, and it's like, oh, don't worry, just just show up and everything will be fine. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I remember I went down. Uh, it's in Oakland, and uh, I went down there, and like I'm, I'm like there super early, and Chewie's not there yet, and I'm just waiting. And then he pulls up in this like bass uh, red Al Camino. It's like a, it's like a yeah. Al Camino or something like that. Yep. And uh, and he gets out and he's like, oh hey, he's like, what's up, man? Uh, I'll be right there. Sorry, I'm late. And he, you know, he goes upstairs, and then then I go upstairs, and it's funny, like the the area of, of the desk where we're supposed to sit, there was barely enough room for even just him. <laughs> and he's like, but we need you in the frame. So and so we literally like it's weird how this works because right there it looks like normal, but like like our like our hips were like touching, like we're like super just squished in there together. And then, you know, he just, there's no script. There was no, like, there was nothing to prepare me for this. And it was just, you know, ad-libbing. He's just asking me questions. And, you know, he, he's, like, super cool and has all this, you know, this cool flow, the way he talks and everything. And I'm just, like, he's, like, so tell everyone, what's your name, man? And I'm, like, uh, uh, my name is Gabriel, and I'm the singer of The Trends. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, can see, you can see he just starts laughing like immediately. As soon as I start talking, he just starts laughing. He does. So, <laughs> it was fun though. It was really fun. <laughs> That's cool, man. I want to show everyone like in your uh, the you guys in your element. Yeah, this is a great photo, and this is a wonderful venue. I love this venue. I'm from San Francisco, so I go to the El Rio all El the Rio. time. And yeah, it's got a great vibe. Can you, is that is that you right there, Frank? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's me. Uh, that's one tell, of my first shows. Yeah, that that venue was amazing. I remember playing. Tell me about your experience there as one of your first shows in El Rio and doing your thing. Oh, it was uh, it was great. Uh, I just remember playing and just really feeling the vibe everywhere uh, with the people lounging, uh, you know, nodding their heads. Uh, the scenery there is great with all the plants and the the outdoors. It, that that place was awesome, man. I would definitely love to play there again. Um, what what year was this? This was last year. I think it was like no, no, no. This was in February, January. Yeah, I think this is one of the last shows we played. Damn. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was it was January of, of this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got shut down. <laughs> and how, how have you guys like navigated the whole COVID experience as a band? It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, our, uh, our, our studio got shut down for the first, I think mm -hmm. in March, it got shut down late March and all through April, we didn't practice. And then I think they started letting us back in was like May, right, guys? Was it around yeah. May where they kind of lifted it and, and we were still like uncertain about it. So we were kind of at first kind of tiptoe in there and get in there and practice a little bit. And now it's like every Thursday we're meeting and, and trying to get together and well, not with our guitarist out sick, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Feel better. Jerry. Well. <laughs> and what's the silver lining in this whole pandemic like do you gabe do you have more time to think write or anything or frank do you just like just like fuck, fuck this shit and <laughs> stop how's it been for you all like gabe frank well, 
Uh, for me, it's not. Uh, it's it's actually been kind of a a challenge in the sense where uh, there's just it just I don't know. It seems like there's so much conflict uh, in the atmosphere. You know, it's, it's been making the writing process a little bit difficult for me. Kind of like this block, mm-hmm. but but the silver lining though is that you know like uh, the you know Frank, Jerry, and Billy. Uh, it's it's really cool to be in a band with people who are uh, you know they're super driven and excited. I was telling. Uh, I sent uh, Frank a, a text a few nights ago, just you know, thanking him, just because it's like uh, it's this with all this stuff going on. Uh, they they give me like this this really good like energy, you know, mm. uh, kind of keeps me uh, sane. And uh, you know, pra- uh, our practice sessions feel kind of like therapy. You know, we get to go there. We you know, we hang out. Whatever's happening outside of that stu- of those studio walls is out there. Mm. Yeah, and in there, it's like you know we're we're laughing, we're playing good music, you know we're coming up with really good new ideas. Our chemistry is finally starting to like mold, and so we're, we're, we're like the new stuff we're writing is, in my opinion, is really really good. Like it's you know like I said before, I'm pretty self-deprecating, uh-huh. and this is the first time where I'm like, damn, that's a good fucking song, man. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you guys have a release date or thoughts on when y'all want to. I mean, is bending time part of that project? Bending time uh, is probably going to be kind of like an a la carte type of song, you know, mm-hmm. standing on its own. I think this next release will be just all brandy stuff. We we've we've put little snippets out um, on our socials. Mm-hmm. Um, we performed uh, live uh, last week, um, and uh, we we tried out some of the new stuff, uh, but most of the people didn't really know who we were, so it was. Kind of that's why we we brought out the new stuff. Nice, um, nice. But you know, but the, going back to the silver lining thing, the silver lining thing though is that I think uh, this time without being able to play shows has really given us as a band a chance to like kind of really get to know each other mm-hmm. again without any of the pressures of oh we got to do this we have this deadline we have that deadline right right now we're just getting to just jam together you know and spend time together uh, hanging out and writing uh, writing new songs. So that's the silver lining to me anyway. Cool, cool. Um, let me let me finish off with some of the questions. You know, I want to know because you're all based in the 408, but maybe this, the answers won't be from only San Jose. But what, Billy, we'll start with you. What's your yeah. favorite park, your favorite restaurant and street all in one? Um, I would say my, my favorite park right now is probably Vasona Park in Los Gatos. I, I I commute to work on a bicycle, Vasona. Huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little park in Los Gatos. Um, I ride my bike out there, and there's some nice trails out there. So I like to go and hang out, eat lunch out there, ride my bike home, and call it a day. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as my favorite my favorite street, um, I don't know, it kind of varies. I guess uh, I I know downtown San Jose, uh, San Pedro Square Market on San Pedro. They've mm. kind of done. Um, they blocked off the streets now, and they have the restaurants are able to put their their seating out there for for customers and stuff. So it's kind of a cool little spot to go to. Social distance. Everyone wears their mask, and you know, kind of get some dinner, have a drink, and go home. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a cool spot in downtown. Cool. Um, as far as the restaurant, there's uh, there's like this little taco spot that opened up like on the same block I live on. Um, I live live off of Elm Street and mm. Emory. And there's this little spot called Tiqueria, and it's a, a taco spot that also sells sells uh, boba tea. And the owner's his name is uh, Frank, 
and he's a super cool dude. And every time I go in there, he's like, you got to try this. You got to try that. And there's always something new. And um, How do you it's spell a brand that? new spot. It's How do you... Just like you have it right there. Uh-huh. I can't find it. So they sell it. boba tea and tacos. And uh, it's kind of got like an Asian fusion. And it's 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 brand new. It's I think it's probably a few months wait, wait, old. Uh-huh. That's it right there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool spot. I mean, the food is amazing. It's all top-notch gotta, quality food. It's great. And I got to check it um, out. I, I, I would see them during the week, and they would close early about 7 o'clock. And I got down there one time after work, and I got to talk to the owner, and he's he's got all kinds of good food, man. You guys should try it out. Right on. Thanks. Uh, Frank, uh, uh, Park yeah. Street Food. Yeah, some of my favorite parks are downtown, Cesar Chavez Park, St. James Park, primarily because – you know, a big part of my early mid twenties, it's going to all the uh, music in the park festivals uh, on Thursdays. Mm. That was, I mean, that was kind of like a sounds a beacon of culture and people and, and great music. And uh, I always have a strong affinity toward those uh, parks because uh, I know one day we're going to play there if, the, if you guys haven't already, but you know, I'm putting it out into the, the universe that we, you know, I will play <laughs> and we will play a, uh, music in the park one day. So that's a big dream of mine. That'd be awesome. Um, cool. Uh, in terms of streets, I mean, a lot of those Paseos downtown spent many of nights, you know, walking up and down Santa Clara street. Um, and then for restaurants, man, I'm a big pizza guy. So I really like uh, Jake's pizza. Uh, Hell so yeah. yeah. Jake's of Willow Glen. That's a spot. How's a cool, 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 cool. All right. I got to check it out. What about you, Gabe? Um, I like, uh, I guess it's not San Jose, Alviso. I like the Alviso uh, trail. Uh, can't remember if it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, is it a bay, a wharf? I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's kind of like a baylands, like wetlands. Huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty little uh, hot spot for like people who like taking pictures because they have like these, so in order to get to the trail, there's these long like walkways with these huge like door frames that just go to nowhere. So people like to go there and take pictures and stuff like that. But how do you spell that? Uh, Al just A L V I S O Alviso. Got it. That one, the first one, the Marina County Park. Huh. interesting. Yeah. See. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that place has a. It's just always uh, been like somewhere I go. Like it's just very peaceful. That's uh, dope. It's a three mile walk around a, a body of water. Um, like you can see like, uh, you know, the shoreline, you can see Moffat Field, you can see all these cool places from there. And uh, I, I go there a lot sometimes just to clear my head, just if like, you know, sometimes it's, like, it's weird. It's like, it, it reminds me of kind of like, it's like a little South Salido tucked right into uh, the South Bay. You know, it, it, it's weird. It's like, it doesn't belong down here, you know? Yeah. It's really yeah. Cool. Um, Food. Food. I just, I love, I love food. So, uh, I, but I guess. Restaurant. If I, to, if I had to pick one uh, place for a while, it would be uh, King Egg Roll on Berryessa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. They got place. the best egg rolls. They have the best everything. <laughs> yeah. Really? Cool. Yeah. Their egg rolls are just amazing. Shrimp balls and their chow mein and oh, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go there right now after this. Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about street? Like what what area? Uh 
uh, streets, it's it's tough, man, because uh, there's just so many cool little spots here in San Jose. There's a, uh, it's tough, you know. I like um, mm -hmm. I like ba uh, like Bascom, Bascom Street, like uh, right by where the Pink Poodle is. Like back, like back there, like back in the day, like we're all like the the old like like porn shops were and stuff like that. Tattoo <laughs> shops and stuff. Nice. Yeah, it was it was like the, like a, a super seedy part of town. It was like strip clubs, porn stores, smoke shops, tattoo parlors. You know, it was Bar. bars. You know, <laughs> <The> red stag. <laughs> yeah. And what yeah. happened? What happened I mean, to that scene? You know, I don't, like you know, the, the community started to become more affluent, I guess, and. Uh, started shutting stuff down. We don't like this. We don't like that. Get rid of this, get rid of that, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I kind of really enjoy it. I, I, it's weird. Like some of those buildings are still there, but they're just completely um, decaying. So it's kind of like you're like, you're, you drive down the street. It's kind of like, a, almost like a, like a graveyard of what that street used to be. Um, it used to be known as the Burbank area back in the day, mm -hmm. um, a day. And uh, yeah, there's just, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of like that energy uh, where I say like, where I, sometimes if I need a little bit of material to get the juices flowing, yeah, you know, all of all of those ghosts are still floating around in there somewhere, you know, and I, I dig that street a lot. This poet, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just writing lyrics as you speak. Love it, uh, Frank, Billy, Gabe. Anything else you all want to close this conversation with? Any projects or anything to look out for? If you're looking for any of our music, go to www.thetrims.net. You can listen yeah. to our music for free. You can download it. You can buy it on our website as well. It's got all of our content there, all of our updates, information, contacts, music, everything. So check Great. it out. Great. Frank, Gabe, any last words? Uh, go ahead, Frank. I just thank you so much for uh, having us. It was a great experience and uh, uh, really, really blessed to have you on here. Thank you. No, it's my privilege. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to give a couple of shout outs uh, to um, to Estebo Aguilar, our cinematographer. He uh, He's done some film work. He's the one who shot the video for Bending Time. Cool. Uh, Charge, Charge Heart Productions. Um, give a shout out to B-Sides on air. They, uh, they put us on a, a while back and it was a really cool process. Pete Marr and Estebo. Um, and then earlier we had spoken a little bit about the Maestro Valentin Villarreal. Mm -hmm. uh, who was my guitar teacher who taught me everything, everything that I know about guitars, you know, song, songwriting, how to play by ear. And here's, I don't know if it'll come up on the screen here. Oh, let's, uh, we got to get that one going. Let's see. Let see. Uh, the reflection is going to be kind of messed up, but I don't know if, if you can see that clear. Yeah, but, we can see it. I can see it. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, wow. he, he passed away a few years ago, but yeah, he, he taught me everything I know. And uh, shout out to his family. They're all out in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and, uh, when he passed, they, they gave me his, uh, his capo. Wow. And so, yeah, they sent me that picture and then this capo, but yeah, shout out to him, to his family. Um, and then, you know, to my bandmates as well. And to you, thanks a lot, man, for having us on your show. No, thank you all. You know, I've been following you all and I, I'm just really excited to see what's next. Um, love the music. Mi gente, the trims is what you need to get yourself acquainted with if you haven't already. But yeah. um, check them out. Billy just said the trims.net, and uh, we'll call it a go. Thank you so All much. Right. Take care. Take care. Peace. Adios. Peace.